Welcome to Respond Worship Podcast. It's been a while since we've been with you guys. We're grateful that you are here listening. I'm here with Corey Scott. Hello. Hello. We are doing, yes, we are doing a Skype session today. Uh, So sorry if the quality is not to your liking, I guess. (laughs) Are you talking about Um, the recording? We're we're doing the best we can. Yeah, the recording recording quality. quality. Oh, okay. I didn't submit the content. Yeah. No, well, you know, that that might be a thing too. Who who knows? We, we just wanted to jump on here. We want to talk to everyone about kind of the theme for, for this year, which you guys are about to get yourselves into um, as you're traveling here for the retreat on um, February 1st and 2nd. That's coming up. <laughs> That's right. It's real close. Right. Right. Um, and so, Corey, if you want to kind of set the stage for us, you, you had a, a really good uh, piece that you were talking to me about uh, the other day as far mm-hmm. as uh, um, the engage piece that we're going to be touching on um, yeah. over the, the respond weekend. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that um, I'll back up a step here, Jeremiah, because, you know, one of the things that we had talked about okay. was how, you know, we feel like um, as a leadership team, you know, it's important for teams to connect when they come to the retreat. The retreat affords the opportunity for teams to connect anyway. But, mm. um, you know, the podcast platform is helpful because now our teams can actually connect with one another uh, on the way to the retreat. So maybe, you know, you're in the car with someone from your team or maybe in the church van with your team and you're heading to the retreat. Well, this is a great discussion to be having on the trip. If you're just by yourself and you're listening in the car on the way to the retreat, this uh, hopefully will still just uh, spark some thought for you as you get ready to arrive and uh, be blessed that weekend of the retreat. So um, that's kind of the nature of this. And fun, funny enough, uh, you know, I was reminded of, of this one thing. So if you are driving and listening, please be careful um, driving. <laughs> this afternoon, we were supposed to record this earlier in the day. And um, my son and I, we, my oldest and I, we were in the car and, and we got rear-ended. And uh, it was about a three-car little pileup here. And we were at a left turn lane and just got nailed. And so um, everybody was fine. You know, we were blessed. Lord protected us in that. But um, the irony is we were on our way to the DMV to get license plates for my son's new car. <laughs> and, and so, you know, so that we can drive legally, of course. And, um, right. uh, and, uh, the other thing that was kind of funny about this was, you know, the whole traffic accident thing was like an hour and a half ordeal. The DMV was actually like five minutes. I was amazed. I thought, this is not how this is supposed to work. You know, you're supposed to wait in line forever. And, uh, so, you know, kudos to the DMV for keeping it, keeping it quick. But anyway, so if you're driving, uh, please be careful, especially in the wintertime and be cautious. So, yes. uh, there's my little commercial there. Okay. So <laughs> here, here's the thing, you know, we're coming into engage, we're coming into the theme for respond. Um, how do we, as worship teams, how do we, number one, fully engage with God? And number two, how do we fully engage with the people that we serve? You know, uh, when Christ gave the the big commands you know he was asked what's the most important command he he just kind of laid it out there you know the the shema you know from deuteronomy 6 hero israel the lord of god the lord is one love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and, and with all your mind mm. and um and then he said he just kind of offered this one up he's like oh and by the way the second one is just like it you should love your neighbor as yourself so we we love god and we love other people and um 
um, you know, even uh, it's kind of easy to love God. He's given us every reason to love him. And even uh, Passion, you know, they just re- released their new album. And there's a lyric in one of the songs on that that, you know, it says it's, it's easy to trust you. It's easy to love you. And I think it's not always easy to trust God. But, but you know, he has revealed himself to us in a way that we're like, yes, well, of course we love God. Of course we do. But when it comes to people, it gets really hard. So I think it's important for us as worship ministry teams to navigate these discussions about how do we love God? How do we love people? And, you know, the Apostle John would tell us that the way we love people is the way we love God. That mm. there's just this, this overlap. And sometimes the lines blur and it's hard to know where one starts and where the other stops. So I think it's really important for us to be having these discussions. And Jeremiah, you were, you were referencing a, a discussion you and I had had, had earlier um, about another podcast. Um, so I think it's, is it okay to promote another podcast on a podcast? I is think that, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Kosher. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I do recommend the, the worship podcast. That's just the name of it. The worship podcast. Um, there's some guys there. Uh, Dustin Smith, um, was being interviewed on this. He, he typically will contribute to this podcast. And, um, he, he brought up something to me that was just really helpful. And it, it kind of goes like this. If you've ever heard the argument from somebody in your church or on your team, and they say something like this, you know, I'm not really an outgoing person. You wouldn't consider me necessarily an extrovert. And so I don't really show my devotion to God in an expressive way. It's more of an inner devotion. Like I'm, mm. I'm worshiping God in my heart. Right. Um, and I mean, I've heard, you know, I've been doing this for about 20 years. Like I've heard that comment before and I get it. I think I understand what people are saying, but what I really appreciated about Dustin's comment was he said, well, okay, so are you saying that you move toward God in worship through like this inner devotion? And the person would say, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. And he would say, but that's not how God moved toward you. Mm. That's not how God moved toward you. In fact, God moved toward you in a very physical way, a tangible way. He, he made you. And then he sent his son as an infant to a poor family for you. And then he died on a cross for you. He rose to life for you. He gave you the gift of his Holy Spirit to live within you for those who believe. He, he provides for you your daily bread. Many of us, whether we ask for it or not, he, mm-hmm. he protects us. I mean, even this afternoon was a perfect example of this. You know, my son and I got nailed. And yet right, right after it happened, I thought, man, nobody got hurt in this thing. It's unbelievable. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, so God, God is the one who protects us. God's the one who, who gives us breath, even right now as we talk about this. Like, the breath we have is from God. In Him, we live and move and have our being. So God has moved toward us in a very physical, tangible way. And then for us to say that we're going to move toward God in an inner feeling or a, a thought, you know, that just doesn't make sense. Hmm. So Dustin Smith was posing this question about, you know, what would it look like for us to move toward God in a physical, tangible way? And I think that for us at the, this year's retreat, we're calling that engage. Hmm. Engage. How do we really engage? So, Jeremiah, let me let me kind of turn this around for you. What okay. what are some of your knee jerk reactions to that argument? What are some of your first thoughts with this whole idea about moving toward God in an outward way versus an inward way? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd agree with you on a lot of those points. Uh, my wife specifically, she has always uh, struggled with this 
idea of, you know, when I'm in worship gathering, you know, am I, am I not spiritual enough because I'm not outwardly expressing, (laughs) you know, uh, (laughs) what, what God is, you know, revealing to me during this time. It's something that's hard to reconcile with people. I, I can see that, but I, I, I almost wonder too, if it's, if it's not just that, that thought, or if that's maybe the culture that's been mm. created over time, we, we, I don't know, we maybe made our outward expression something a little too private. I think, yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, just such private people. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that, hilarious. That's reflected in, in our, in our greater church culture as well with, you know, the lack of community and just relying on our, our social media online relationships. <laughs> it's, right. it, it's, it goes deeper than that. You know, we need, we need that connectivity with others and community. I mean, why wouldn't we want to, to reveal that with God as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. We have a, um, I've had discussions like this with the guy, uh, on our, uh, on our church staff and, and I've, I appreciate him. He's, he's one of these guys that, um, I can sit down with and really have very long, uh, theological discussions. He's smart. He listens to a lot of podcasts. He's a learner. Um, and, um, he sent me an article a while back about this whole dilemma of like, what, you know, what about church for the introvert? What if someone is really just introverted? They really are, you know? Um, and yet we do, we kind of promote on Sunday mornings. We promote this idea that if you don't raise your hands, if you don't clap, if you don't shout, if you don't dance or whatever the expression is, then you're clearly not very spiritual. And, (laughs) um, and I, like, I get that feeling. Um, I am not, I'm, I'm kind of introverted, but it doesn't bother me to, um, express worship in a physical, tangible way. The only thing that I struggle with, I guess, would be dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's because I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. You know, we were uh, we were just at a wedding. Uh, our lead minister's daughter got married uh, last week, and you know, we're at the reception, and and the DJ's calling everybody out to dance. You know, slow dance. And my wife and I go out there. You know, we we slow dance. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. I, all I know is it, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as I'm holding her and looking at her, that's all that matters in that moment. Right. I I don't know what I'm doing. But, oh, they would start these dances, and I'm gone. I'm just, I am a wallflower immediately because I don't, I don't know what to do, you know. But, yeah, I think that um, it's okay for us in these discussions to talk about personality types. You know, I'm not an outward going, you know, outgoing person or, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert or, um, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve so it's just easy. And, like, w- we can factor all of that in. That's okay. What, what I want to propose, I guess the discussion I would rather have is, does the eternal worth of God push us past how we're wired? Mm-hmm. You know, will, yeah. will the eternal worth of God actually push us past this point that we would say, this is just what's comfortable for me? I just think about, you know, my own transformation and, mm. you know, the, the stories that we hear and, you know, people kind of put themselves in those boxes. They intentionally, mm-hmm. because they're, they're uncomfortable. They don't want to, they don't want to branch out of what's comfortable, but God called us to more, you know, like That's in right. our transformation, he wants us to be, uh, to not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You know, you that's go. what Romans 12 says. And that's, that's, that's our spiritual act of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that we definitely need to, to keep uh, it hidden in our hearts, I guess, and, and definitely reflected on our minds constantly. It's just, 
don't be like you used to be. I mean, <laughs> Colossians tells us, you know, constantly that we need to n- take off our old self and put on our new self. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's what it's about. And it's the same way when we come to this time of worship each week. Uh, we need to to revel in the fact that we we used to be this person, um, but God right. redeemed us from that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the question then is like, how do we do that as a worship right. ministry team? Yeah, exactly. That's the question, right? <laughs> how in the world do we help people do this? And I think there's a couple factors. One is, um, you know, you have to model it. You have to model it. I don't remember where I got this. There was a, well, no, I, I guess I do kind of remember. Um, Nelson Searcy uh, preacher, I think in New York, and he had released materials for a number of years. And our staff had used uh, some of his materials um, for a while. And uh, I don't remember his, the guy that was leading worship at his church, man, I cannot remember his name. It's escaping me all of a sudden. But he talked about the 10% rule. And I've talked with my team about this. The 10% rule goes like this, that if, if you are giving 100% on stage as you serve, you're only going to see about 10% come back to you. In other words, when you look out into a room of people, you're probably only going to observe about 10% of the energy that you're putting out mm-hmm. coming back to you from the people. So what that means is if I'm only giving 65%, then that number goes down. You know, So we can't expect – I don't think it's fair to expect our congregations to quote-unquote get into it, whatever that means, <laughs> if we're not willing to actually lead them – toward that. I'm not talking about putting on a show. I'm not talking about being false. I'm saying, can you be so captured by the glory of God that you would kind of be like the, the, the seraphim, the angels of heaven, you know, with six wings, with two wings, they're flying with, with two things, they're covering their face with two things, their wings, they're covering their feet and they, they fly off and their movements. The scripture says their movements are like lightning. Mm. They're just darting back and forth. And, and I have to ask the question, why? Why so quick? You know, what, what is it? I think that what's happening is they're encountering the very presence and the glory of God. And, and the smallest little glimpse as they split their wings open to see his glory, the smallest little glimpse is too much for them. And they dart off to, to tell one of their angels, did you just, did you see that? I just think that they were so captured by the glory of God that it, it changed their reaction. Mm-hmm. And um, my fear is that we have just gotten so used to Sunday mornings, that it, it's not changing the way that we lead people. So I, I think number one, we you know you have to model it. You have to model it. I think the other thing is you you have to learn. You have to learn how to be an example to engage with people. Look up videos on YouTube, you know, of people that you think, oh, that's I really like how they lead. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not about like imitation or putting on a show, but. But look how they lead. What are some of the things that they do? You know, none of us is truly original. We all gain and glean and learn from other people, and uh, we're all shaped by other people. It's okay to do that proactively and to, to go on YouTube and say, okay, I like how, you know, this guy leads worship. In fact, um, I was very influenced by a, a guy named Matt Papa and uh, at a conference that I saw him lead worship at, and I, I was so moved by the way he incorporated Scripture into the middle of a song. And uh, with such power and authority, I thought, man, this, if I could do that, you know, that'd be, that'd be so, such a blessing to our people. So I think right. be a learner, be willing to model, and just know that you, as a worship leader, especially for those who serve on the platform, you have a responsibility, I think, to engage in that particular way. 
Yeah, that's when I good. Of, when I think of how, that's that's kind of the, some of the first things that I think of. Everybody that's been leading worship for any time at all has had that moment on a Sunday morning where you're in the middle of, number one, a great song. Number two, the band is nailing it. Your voice is strong. You're firing on all four cylinders. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those mornings where everything is going really good. You feel the presence of the Lord. You feel the smile of God on you. You feel his pleasure, you know. You look out in the congregation, and some guy out there is just checked out, you know. He's not engaged. He's sipping his coffee or whatever it is, and he's just, man, you you have this thought that runs through your head while you're, of course, still singing because you can't stop. And it is like, what is the matter? You know, don't, don't you get it? So I think we've all had those kinds of moments. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it comes in your creativity as well. I mean, just figuring out uh, different ways for people to engage differently throughout your services. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, good. you that's know, really maybe good. maybe putting scripture up on the screen during instrumental breaks, you know, maybe trying to figure out some story to tell that connects really well with the song or find out the original, you know, context of the song, share that story. Uh, Cause you never know, you know, what's going to, what's going to reach certain people that are there that morning. I mean, everybody's coming in with different things, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just, just a multitude of things that come into your, your doors on Sunday morning that people are dealing with. And you know, people hide behind that curtain as much as we do on the platform. You know, <laughs> we right. don't always want to share uh, everything that's going on in our lives, but uh, the moment that we do, you know, that moment that we become vulnerable and we allow people to, to enter into what, what's happening in our lives. I mean, that, that connects with people. Um, mm-hmm. but then also, you know, giving the, but God statement, like allowing people to see, okay, so this was <laughs> what happened. This was, you know, the sucky thing that happened, but mm-hmm. this is what God did to redeem that. And, yeah. um, that's what this song that we're about to sing talks about. Yeah. So yeah, definitely story, definitely finding, you know, what other ways for people to engage during the the service, because not everyone's going to engage with the music. Well, that's, that's a, a great point. In fact, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. Not everybody in our church is musical. Right. Um, and I think as musicians, sometimes we forget that. And so it is helpful to have like what you're saying, scripture readings, other, other types of expression, whether even a prayer time um, where there are ways for people to express worship to the Lord that don't involve singing one note. And I think that's helpful for us as leaders when we're trying to get people to engage. That's really important. That's a great idea. And I also think kind of what you said earlier about, or just a second ago about giving kind of the reason for engagement, whatever mm. that engagement is, like give the reason for it. I think people need to see the motive sometimes. Right. The example that comes to my mind is um, when it was a, a time of worship when I was led into a song that I didn't necessarily like. Um, I'll be honest, I, I'm not going to mention the song, but there was a song, a worship song that gained popularity very quickly. And I personally just struggled with it. I, I just did not feel like it was a very good song. It did not resonate with me. That happens to everybody. Everyone has preferences. You know, even worship leaders have, have preferences. And so uh, this one did not trip my trigger. I was at a week at camp. Our college age minister from our church was leading worship at this high school camp. He opened up the scriptures that this song was, was based on. 
And he told the story. He just told the whole narrative before we sang this song. And then we started to sing. And for the first time, I worshiped with that song. I worshiped from my heart because mm-hmm. I, I saw it. It was all there, you know. I just hadn't, number one, I hadn't, I don't think I'd really given it a chance. And so that was my fault. <laughs> number two is, number two is he, he actually led me to it. He did the work of leading me to it. He gave me the motive. He gave me the reason. And um, if we just do popular, if we just do a song on a Sunday morning because it's cool or popular, I don't, I don't think we're helping people engage. Right. Corey, if I could just ask real quick, what are some ways that our teams can better engage with one another so that we can be more effective? I, I guess let me just uh, share some of the things that I feel like we've, we've done with our team. Um, and I don't mean this at all to sound like we've got this nailed. Um, we have a lot of room to grow. Um, so if your team is going to connect with one another, you, you have to like each other. <laughs> so, you know, you can't force relationships. Uh, you can't force friendships, I should say. And I know that not everybody on our team, you know, feels like super connected. But like any relationship, it's a two-way street. It has to go both ways. You have to make investments. But I think there are some ways to accelerate those connections. And uh, one is just hanging out. I know that sounds super cliche, but just hanging out together. So that means like, like if people arrive before a rehearsal or you know, when they stay after a rehearsal, just to, like I learned when I was in Kenya this last summer, just stand around with the Maasai men and chew the news. That was the phrase. We were going to stand around, chew the news. So, um, yeah, you're just you're just hanging out, you know, catching up on life. Uh, that's one way to do it. I think the retreat, actually, not not to make this sound like a commercial, but I think that the Respond Worship Retreat is somewhat that kind of a connection. Uh, it's a little bit of like a family reunion in some ways, and you're you're connecting up with people again to build that relationship. I think that shared experiences help with that. So, for example. For the last couple of years, our team has had uh, a cookout in like late summer or fall. It's really not that we don't have like this big agenda for it. It's just a time to get together, and we have a gal on our team who's willing to host at her house. And so, you know, big big bonfire and big, big spreads, potluck. Everybody brings something, and um, we have a great time. You know, so that's another idea. Just this last Sunday, a couple of days ago, we had a, a training session for our band and vocals. So we had a little over half of our band and vocals there for this training. Um, that's another way to get your people connected relationally is to uh, host some type of training for them. Another thing would be about once a year, our team will um, try as best we can to um, attend a rehearsal of another church. Oh, well. So um, not everybody comes. You know, you can't, you can't get everybody. That's okay. And then we go out for ice cream or coffee afterwards. We just talk about it. What did we learn? What did we like? And then we also invite the other church's team to come with us. And you build those relationships with another team. So those are some ideas of things that we've done to, I think, help our team engage relationally with one another. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've definitely been in, in those scenarios as well um, where, you know, I've been part of the team and, um, you know, at those cookouts, at those shared experiences, uh, Respond being one of the big ones uh, yeah. that we did every year that I, I just loved. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of it now. But 
uh, you know, that those were really good team building moments. And uh, mm-hmm. I think when, yeah, when everybody likes each other, when they're up on stage together, that shows. I compliment my team as much as I can. And the thing that usually comes up the most for our team is humility and excellence. Like I will almost always identify that this is a, it's a humble team. It's not a perfect team. And, um, and we all have our egos and prides that we have to navigate through, uh, and submit to the Lord. But, you know, on the whole, we have a humble team and, um, man, that goes a long ways to help relational connections to feel like you can engage with one another. So another thing that you could do, I guess, or that I've seen done effectively, um, I wish I what we would probably do more is allow those on our team to, to share stories or just simply ask, mm-hmm. you know, how's, how's this song resonated with you? Can you, can you share with our congregation how this song has resonated with you as we, as you've practiced rehearsed this week mm-hmm. and just allow them to speak from their heart. I, I've done that a few times and, oh, and cool. the reaction has been really good. Yes. I think that's a great idea. In fact, I can't, it's been, it's probably been over 10 years since I've done this. So it's way too long, but, um, there was one Sunday where I uh, put my praise team on the spot on the stage on a Sunday morning, and I passed my microphone around, and I, I don't even remember what the question was, but it was something about how has God changed you or impacted you. I, I just passed the mic around to the praise team, and they didn't know I was going to do it. And, yeah, that was that's awesome. That's exactly what wow. I did with this. I just asked, asked my piano, my my pianist. I was like, "Hey, you want to share uh, how this song?" Yeah, I mean, but it worked out really. I I knew she would. She was competent enough to to be able well, to say that's good. So no, I got a lot of deer in the headlights, and uh, I just um, <laughs> I I think I I kind of got the impression from people like, please don't ever do that again. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so when you first mentioned your idea, I thought it was great. But I think what I was assuming was that you had prepped them to share something. No, it was it was totally. Hey, <laughs> want to share this? Uh, but we also have a really small congregation too, so we can get away with things a little bit easier that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like the idea though. I think even just um, a younger generation, uh, not to, I, and of course they hate this, but um, millennials. Uh, mm. You know that that broad blanket statement. Um, you know, they all hate this comment, all of them. Sorry, that was a little joke. But anyway. Yeah, um, yeah you're going to say, I, I'm going to hate it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, there is, there. the studies have shown, though, that as a generation, most of them really do appreciate the plurality of voices. Mm. And, it, and the level of authority for a message is not necessarily in an individual who presents that message, but in a number of individuals. Who present that same message. So in other words, the younger generations typically do not need a Billy Graham to preach to them. They need multiple voices all saying and agreeing to the same thing. That's what they well, that's, need. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so what happens is, and that gives credibility to the message that gives authority to the message. Right. Right. So when you um, have, when you ask someone from your team who is not a quote unquote staff person, they're, you know, they're, um, they're not a full-time minister or whatever. And you ask them to speak from the platform into something that gives credibility and authority to whatever you're trying to say. I think it's a fantastic idea. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thought. I, I never, never put that together that, you know, the reason why 
somebody might not engage just because of all the non-truth that surrounds them and they just need affirmed constantly that, yeah, this is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. We, we just need to keep consistently proclaiming the same thing <laughs> yeah. to, to help people really realize, yeah, this is truth guys. Come on. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like we can, we can rest in this. We can, we can, you know, raise our hallelujah to this. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you, as a parent, you know, you teach lessons to your kids all the time. You say, you find yourself saying the same thing all the time. You're repeating yourself. And then, and then they go to church camp and they hear some preacher preach that same point to them, but it hits them like a ton of bricks. Right. And as a parent, you're going, dude, I've been saying this to you <laughs> your whole life. You know what? And you're just now getting it. But what, what was it? Well, it was, it was authority from somebody else. Right. You know, as a parent, they can kind of check you out. I think sometimes for those of us who are on staff, I think um, they're used to us saying these kinds of things. Like they get it, they expect it. But when someone else says it and supports that, uh, it it brings credibility and strength to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Corey, let's bring it back here. Uh, so okay. just to, just to kind of recap, we we've been talking about just the this concept of engaging. Um, how do we engage our congregation better? How do we engage? Um, personally on a personal note and how do we um, engage as a team better i guess is, is there a few things that maybe we could have our teams think about on this road trip um here to the retreat so uh, maybe a few questions that they can ask and and maybe just talk over um, i think so okay. i think it'll prime the pump you know I, i'm really looking forward to what josh huckabay is going to say mm-hmm. at our main sessions on friday night and saturday afternoon and i think the workshops are all going to help point and steer our teams you know in this direction but but I think it'd be helpful for our teams to come primed and ready to receive that information. And so I think, yeah, just a few questions that will help them do that. Number one is, um, as a team, like if you're listening to this with others on your team, uh, it would be helpful to assess your current engagement in worship on a Sunday morning service. So as a team, you know, what does the current level of engagement look like in your context? I think that would be the first question. Describe it. You know, what are the people, how are the people's responses? What, what does it look like? If a, if a first time guest comes in, what are they experiencing? What do they see? Um, the second question is, in your opinion, and that's all this question is, but in your opinion, what should that level of engagement be? Obviously, I think we can all agree None of us have arrived, and so um, we, you know, we want to grow. We want to make things better. And um, what does that look like? Even things that are good can be made better. So, what does that look like? What does engagement look like in your ideal situation? In your opinion, that's the second question. So, talk about that. And then the third question, I think, is just more along the lines of, oh, okay, we we see where we currently are. We see where we'd like to be. The third question is how. How are we going to intentionally Take some steps toward that ideal. You have your current situation, you have your ideal, and then you need to determine the steps to get you there. Now, I would imagine that if you, if that third question, if you answer that and you're like, man, I don't have a clue, I don't even know where to start, then hopefully you will gain something at the respond retreat that will help you do that, help you take some of those steps. I, I think that will happen. But um, those would be some questions to discuss. And um, hopefully, by the time you leave the retreat on Saturday afternoon, um, you know, you will be able to say with all the confidence and gusto that you can, I'm engaged. 
we should we should have made t-shirts right we should have made shirts <laughs> yeah we, says, we, we talked I'm about engaged. that <laughs> we did we did well i will have t-shirts we'll have t-shirts that people can get when they're there but um yeah we didn't do the i am engaged yeah maybe we should do that. a poll or something and we can yeah do like or maybe a, just a maybe a giveaway we can do oh, a there giveaway. we go there we go yeah. I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's all great, Corey. Thank you so much uh, for your time. And thank you. Uh, yeah. For being here and, and uh, teams, we look forward to, to seeing you here soon. Um, so enjoy your conversation and uh, yeah, be safe. <laughs> be safe. Please be safe. Thank you for listening to the respond worship podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to our website and social media. Follow and subscribe to keep up with new episodes and feel free to rate and review us. We want this to be the best possible resource for you and your teams, so your feedback is extremely important. Safe travels, and we'll see you soon.